It's time to immerse yourself in the world of college football. ESPN 1000 has studied hard and has all the answers. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show. With Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Advanced degrees not required. Understanding the Wildcat? Essential. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. What's up and welcome in to Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Adam Abdallah, Jonathan Hood with you. Chris Black is off today. Open phone line for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is the telephone number. Chicago's College Tailgate brought to you by Four Winds Casino. We build a bridge to Notre Dame football. As you can hear the music, as uh, we uh, as they take on the Irish, <laughs> the Irish takes on Louisville. That's a twelve uh, thirty pregame, a one thirty kick right here on the home of the Irish, ESPN one thousand. Uh, we guarantee we did not plan that. That was just in oh, rotation. That's, yeah, that's just uh, luck of the draw, right there. Luck of the Irish, if you will. Oh, well, right there, well, right for, there. I'll for, see myself. Uh, for, uh, for some, <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll see if that's going to be the case uh, this afternoon. As we mentioned, twelve thirty pregame for Notre Dame taking on Louisville. You can follow the show on Twitter at ESPN one thousand CCT, and also on Twitch, Twitch TV slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Here here we are, Adam. Week 7, Notre Dame against Louisville. Brian Kelly and his presser this week said Notre Dame's defensive performance against Florida State was an anomaly in the 29-game uh, run for Clark Lee as their defensive coordinator. It was twice as many points as the Irish has given up uh, in the first two games of the season combined, and just the fifth time in those 29 games that Notre Dame has given up 26 points or more. That game was... Uh, clearly a blowout, and then they let Florida State back in it a little bit. Yeah, the, Brian Kelly was upset that about the play calling on defense. It's interesting that he did call out the defensive coordinator by name. Like That's not something Brian Kelly normally does unless he's really upset with the team, but his quote was something like, you know, they didn't have their cleats in the ground when the plays were coming in, and they were trying to do too much on defense. And if you look at this team, you know, they're still 27th in defense. They're not a horrible defense, but they're not where they want to be. They're 6th in offense, which is surprising given uh, the quarterback situation, how Ian Book is playing. Ian Book played pretty well against Florida State, 16-25, uh, to 25, 201 yards and two touchdowns. But this is a team that's been trying to get back healthy in their secondary, and that's where a lot of the, the uh, holes were last week against Florida State. You know, you've had the weeks off because of the coronavirus and the positive tests that they had. They haven't really had like a real week leading up to a game. And Brian Kelly said that it was finally good to have some normalcy return as they get ready for this game against Louisville. Louisville's down this year, obviously. They're one and yeah. three. They're 0 and three in conference play. They're one and three, but they can still put up points. They put up 424 yards a game, but they haven't faced anybody like Notre Dame yet. They haven't faced the fourth best team in the country. So this is. Like we talked about with Florida State, very winnable game. Mm-hmm. Don't get sloppy on offense. Don't get sloppy on defense. You know, have a, this is a very, very winnable game. We all thought that the Florida State game was going to be extremely winnable, closer than the experts thought. Yes. But uh, this is another game where, you know, Notre Dame's a 17.5-point favorite. They should be able to take care of business, 
pretty easily, and this is just the march to Clemson. This is just the, yeah, this much. is basically just them. Don't screw up until you get to Clemson, and you'll be fine. Yeah, something we don't talk very often about when it comes to Notre Dame is that they are pretty steady defensively. And, and of course, they let go of the rope a little bit against Florida State, 405 yards of offense. So the 21-game home winning streak is on the line this afternoon when they take on Louisville. But the bigger picture for me for Notre Dame, and we talk about this a little bit every week, is this how Notre Dame fans look at this team. Notre Dame did not play like the number four team in the country, or maybe they did without the Big Ten and Pac-12 being involved, so maybe they are really the number four team in the country. Uh, but that, they also did not play last week like a team that is deserving of being in the Final Four, like the top four teams in college football. I, I wonder when Irish fans hear this show every week leading into their games, whether or not they feel like their team, especially now being part of the ACC Conference just for this year, they feel that they will be title contenders again. I wonder, like, deep down, they look mm-hmm. at the Irish and say, yeah, you know what, we have enough to be one of the best teams in college football, because I'll tell you, even without seeing a Big Ten game yet or Pac-12, I would say no. Yeah, I don't think so, because you look at what Clemson's doing, we all assume Ohio State's going to look good, and they're going to go undefeated, and they're going to have a spot in the college football playoff. You know, both of our teams, Alabama and Georgia, are undefeated right now. That'll change today. Someone has to lose Mm -hmm. that football game today. So, But even still, a one-loss Alabama team, a one-loss Georgia team, I think that you have the upper hand against Notre Dame just because of the schedule and the fact that they that they wanted to join the full ACC slate this year, right? Like this is the year where they're like, look, we're going to fully commit to the conference because of the COVID, because of COVID nineteen, and we need to schedule games and we'll participate in your championship game. That's doing them a disservice because if you look just the name Notre Dame sells, right? Absolutely. And when you put that into the college football playoff and you put Brian Kelly in the college football playoff, that sells. That puts, I don't know if you're having butts and seats this year, but it puts eyes on the TV screen, right? No question about it. So if they didn't have the chance, because they're going to lose to Clemson twice this year, right? Like, we all assume they're going to lose to Clemson twice, because you're going to lose to Clemson on your schedule, and then you're going to lose to them in the ACC championship game. You're saying they're going to make it? No, no, uh, to the ACC championship game? I don't see another loss on their schedule. Look, North Carolina's a good story. They're a good story. Careful now. Watch they're it. They're a good story. Watch it. They're a good story. Uh... Okay, this is... Look, they're a good story, but if Notre Dame has championship aspirations, they beat North Carolina, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So, to me, Notre Dame loses to Clemson. They go undefeated the rest of the way, and then they lose to Clemson again in the ACC championship game, so you're automatically out. If you were a one-loss Notre Dame team and the, the committee had to debate... All right, so we've got Clemson in there. We've got Ohio State in there. We've got whether Georgia's undefeated or Alabama's undefeated, they're in there. And then you're debating a one-loss Notre Dame, a one-loss Georgia, a one-loss Alabama. You're putting those schedules up against each other. You're saying, okay, well, their one-loss was to the best team in the country. You know, they lost to Clemson. And maybe it was close. Like, maybe they, maybe that defense keeps it close, you know, and it's a, it's a tougher test for Clemson than we all thought. And then, then you have a conversation. But... To have a championship game against Clemson now, you're going to say, okay, well, they lost to Clemson twice. They got two losses. They're out. Simple as that. I just think it's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, open the phone lines on this, Tyler, at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We'll also make a poll question at ESPN 1000 about how you look at Notre Dame. Do you feel like Brian Kelly 
will once again lead Notre Dame to the Final Four, let alone the national championship. And for those of you on Twitch, if you'd like to have that conversation, we'd love to read your thoughts on that as well regarding Notre Dame and whether or not they'll return. Because here we are looking at this schedule, and the two trip-ups to me is Clemson and a question mark about North Carolina. Before we came on, we talked about North Carolina and their matchup that they're going to have this afternoon and whether or not are they – for real, are they really the number five team in the country? They'll take on the aforementioned Florida State uh, ball club in Tallahassee at 630 tonight. So it, it's just interesting because if you're an Irish fan and you see the strength of the SEC, the strength of Clemson, the strength of Ohio State in particular, Ohio State, Michigan, however you look at that, Wisconsin and the Big Ten, Adam, mm-hmm. if you're a Notre Dame fan, like you, you don't feel this entitlement as you once had a long time ago, like no question we're going to be in the title picture, no question we're going to be in the BCS championship uh, uh, situation. It feels different now because there is at least 10 teams I look at that could be in that mix as a power. But if you're an Irish fan, you don't you don't want to be left out. You just don't want to just go to the games and say, hey, we we beat UMass. Da, 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 da. Like, like, it's got to be more than that, hey, right? we beat USC this year again. Da, 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 da. Rose well, Bowl. It's not a talent issue, What? right? They have the talent. They have a good defense. They have, they've had talent. Look what, you know, look at what Claypool's doing in the NFL. I know Cole Komet isn't performing for the Bears, but he was productive at Notre Dame. You know, Ian Book is a game, he is a game manager, right? He might win you a game or two, but ultimately if he's not screwing up, Notre Dame has a chance, right? I think it's, it's Brian Kelly needs to get a a playmaking quarterback. Mm -hmm. He needs his Trevor Lawrence. He needs his, you know, he needs his Tua. He needs his Justin Fields. He needs his. I mean, he needs his Mac Brown. Who? Mac Brown. Oh, Mac Brown. Mac yes. Brown. Okay. No, Mac Jones. Okay. Mac Jones. I was yes. trying to catch you off guard there. Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, you did. Mac Jones. We okay. know who Mac Brown is. Yes. He needs his. I mean, even at Mac Jones, and people were saying Mac Jones was a game manager, and now look at he's in the uh, he's in the Heisman conversation because of the way he's been playing. He needs that quarterback that against Florida State, who is a horrible, horrible defense, right. only throws for two hundred yards and two touchdowns. It's a good game. But you want to see more. You want to see more. You always, with Ian Book, you always want to see more, right? And he has won games for them. He has had come from behind victories. He has, you know, won games for them in the last minute. But you just want to see more. You want to see that poise. You want to see a performance like you see out of Trevor Lawrence every single week. Some thoughts now from Brian Kelly, the head coach for the Fighting Irish. If you're a Notre Dame fan listening, are you just there just because it's cool that your team uh, rolls out the football every year? Or are you hungry for a national championship? Will it happen again for the Brian Kelly administration? Kelly on Ian Book, we just talked about him, the quarterback for Notre Dame, coming off his best game yet. He was really good. Uh, clearly his best game this year. Uh, you could argue that this is one of the better games that he's played in, in, in uh, quite some time. I thought his management of the game in terms of uh, clock management uh, in terms of, um, you know, the signaling in and out of the game with three weeks off, uh, no false start penalties, a clean communication at all times formationally. Um, I just think overall um, one of Ian's really fine games of his career. If you give him credit for a couple of the drops that the receivers had on some of his passes, he was over 70 percent. Uh, with those passes in terms of accuracy, certainly his touchdown pass to end this drive to Braden Lindsay right on the money. And you were able to get Braden a number of touches in the game. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's a guy that can do more than, you know, just, uh, 
he's not just a guy that you hand the ball off to. I mean, he had a nice curl route. We had him on a vertical throw that, you know, we just overthrew him. Um, you know, he could do a lot of different things for us. We had a quick hitch to him. You know, he's probably got a half dozen uh, routes in our passing tree. And, you know, he's continuing uh, to work on the fine details uh, of, of the position in his craft. And, you know, he's going to get better uh, each and every week. There's Brian Kelly, the head coach for the Irish, and uh, interviewed there by Jack Nolan. All right, coming up, we get a chance to uh, review the 11 o'clock kick, some really good ones early on. We'll talk about it right here on Chicago's College Tailgate, brought to you by Four Winds Casino. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Roll Tide. Clemson is up on the college football slate. Along with Adam Abdallah, Jonathan Hood with you. Chris Black is off today. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris every Saturday before Notre Dame football right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. Oh, they're giving picks on game day for Wisconsin-Illinois. Friday night football. Wisconsin-Illinois. The Big Ten is back. I got lines. I got fresh Fresh Big Ten lines for you. A little premature on the Wisconsin-Illinois. Well, they're not going to be on until after the game. They got to give a pick. Got to keep those records right. That's amazing. Not so fast, my friend. I saw, I saw a lot of Wisco across the screen there. Not so fast, my friend. Michigan- Not so fast. I thought I saw a lot of Wisco across there already. Michigan's a point and a half dog on the road against Minnesota. I might have to jump in on that early. If I have that on DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. See if that if that's available for me. Uh, so some of the early kicks, my friend. The number one team in the country, Clemson, takes on Georgia Tech. Uh, also, Auburn against South Carolina and Kentucky against Tennessee. Well, any game to stand out to you? I'll, I'll start first with Clemson, Georgia Tech. You know, the line I have in front of me is Clemson is a 28-point favorite. Why do I think Georgia Tech can keep it a little closer today? Because Georgia Tech's always weird like that, and Clemson hasn't really shown. I mean, they did against Miami, right? They, sh- they finally showed up against Miami, and you think that maybe after that big game, this is maybe a letdown a letdown spot. Maybe they take their. I don't know if I, I saw them. This game's at eleven. I don't know if if Clemson's used to waking up this early. Yes. So most of their games are are night games or afternoon games in prime time. So I don't know if they're used to uh, to waking up uh, this time of the day. So you know how I, I think feel. They keep it close. You know how I feel. Beat the hell out of Tech. Oh yeah. Ten times out of ten, just beat the hell out of Tech. Beat I think them. now, see, because the thing is, Clemson doesn't need style points. Mm-hmm. They don't need to run it up on teams. They don't need to win by 50. So just get in, get a clean win, win by a couple touchdowns, and get out. It's not like they're going to fall out of the number one spot. How about the number 13 team in the country, Miami, taking on Pittsburgh, De'Ara King? You know, we talk so much about Trevor Lawrence with his 10 touchdowns, over 1,100 yards, uh, as far as what he's doing offensively for the Tiger. But what about De'Ara King with Miami? Miami's 3-1 going into this game against Pitt. So another possible letdown spot, you know, after the loss to Clemson, they maybe show up a little flat. Pittsburgh's uh, quarterback did not make the trip. He has an ankle issue, so they're going with a backup today. So maybe that's a way for a lot of people were picking Pittsburgh to keep it close. They're a 13-and-a-half-point dog. But another spot where Miami, you know, maybe after that Clemson game, maybe it's a body blow thing. Maybe it's just, you know, hey, that was our season, and now, you know, now we really don't have anything to play for. It's hard for, you know, people don't understand that, when you're ranked as high as Miami was, and they're like, we're really good. Mm-hmm. We're really good. 
oh, crap, we just got the, the snot kicked out of us <laughs> by Clemson. Careful. Maybe we're not that good yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you have that, that kind of letdown afterwards for both teams because Clemson got up so much for that Miami game that now maybe they don't have as much energy coming into the Georgia Tech game because they know they can walk in and beat them. No problem. How about uh, number 15, Auburn taking on South Carolina? That game is going to be at williams Bryson, Columbia. Uh, Colin Hill with three touchdowns as a quarterback for South Carolina taking on a, a good Auburn team. I expect Auburn to be able to win this game. It, it's, it says Auburn two, uh, by two and a half. I think they can open up a little bit more on the road. I think so, too. This is a big game for Auburn. They're 2-1 and one, uh, in conference play. You know, they're still in play for the SEC West. Alabama's 3-0. and oh, So this is a big game for Auburn. You don't want to have a letdown here because then that pretty much takes you out of running for an SEC championship. They still have a chance to where they could win in the West and represent the West in the SEC championship game. If Alabama loses today and then they get Alabama later in the season – they could beat Alabama and get into that game. So, uh, to me, this is a huge game for Auburn. You can't have a letdown against South Carolina. And one that might be a little tricky. Ah, uh, there's Kentucky against Tennessee in Neyland. You know, Tennessee, floppy top, you know, still licking their wounds after we beat their ass in front of a national TV audience, Georgia. Ah, uh, but you know, there's Kentucky, though. And so. Here's the thing. I see Tennessee is a touchdown favorite or just about, right? Mm-hmm. Not sure. Really unsure about this one. See, to me, Kentucky is one of the most disappointing teams in the SEC this year. I thought that defense would be able to maintain from last year and kind of carry over. They lost a few guys, but they didn't lose a lot of guys uh, on that defense. But it's just disappointing to see them at 1-2. and two. Again, a big game for Tennessee. Are you worthy of being ranked 18th? Like, are you worthy of being ranked? This is a big game for Tennessee. You you send us the links all the time at ESPN One Thousand CCT. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's the you'll do the ten hour post game show yeah. from Tennessee if they lose this game, <laughs> and you can't lose to a team that has a losing record at home. Like, you just can't do that. You can't lose to Kentucky at home. So if if the pro, the progression of Tennessee is going to continue, mm-hmm. you win this game. Now they're only a six and a half point favorite. I think Kentucky can keep it a little closer. Oh! A little, little closer. A little closer. A ah! little closer. A little closer. Going Kentucky there. A little closer. Okay. I know they're going to win. It's a little, a little closer. closer. All a little right. closer. That just gives you, a, you were just wetting your beak a little bit for those 11 o'clock games. And by yeah. the way, Tyler, listen, man, I'm telling you, you just got to go to ESPN 1000 CCT. That's where you get your 10-hour Tennessee postgame. You should have saw it yesterday, last week. It was great last Saturday. Just turn it on. Ten, like, like a good SEC postgame. Oh! Nothing like a good SEC postgame. Can we kick Syracuse out of the dome if they lose the Liberty? Hey, wait a They're minute. Going oh, are They're you, going to lose. They're going to lose. Liberty is a two-and-a-half point favorite. Yes. I walked in today. I walked in today. Hand to God. I walked in today. Well, and I, as I walk in every Saturday. Well, well, clearly we're talking about Liberty. Well, yeah. Uh, Tyler, who do you like today? As Tyler is a, a gambler, if you will, as East Coast Media Elite. And he goes to Liberty. Always betting against his team. He knows his team better than anybody else. Liberty's you know a, Georgia better than anybody else. I know Alabama better than anybody Liberty's else. Liberty's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Liberty's 4-0. If you look at the list of starters that Syracuse is missing this week, I mean, you're fielding a starting lineup with the, the missing players. That, that's the, the dire wow. situation right now. No quarterback, lost their All-American, everything. He told me this last time and then Syracuse won. So just, just remember this. You told, me this la- you told me in the beginning of the season that Syracuse won. Yeah, but that was a, that was a right logic wrong pick. All right. I, I, West Virginia? Can I just uh, – well, uh, can West Virginia take it on Kansas? I mean, that's – you know. Had the wallet. 
Les Miles with the COVID, right? Yeah, he's not he's traveling. Okay. He's not traveling. Then they're yeah. going to lose that yeah. game. Yeah, he actually, he's, his, he has more positive tests, not like, like Saban. All right, so now we take a look at that. So keep your eyes on ESPN3 for Liberty and Syracuse. <laughs> Man, if Liberty goes in, as, as, uh, as Adam said appropriately, God bless. If Liberty goes in and defeats Syracuse, oh, my. Oh, my. Poor Gus Johnson with that big noon Kansas-West Virginia game. Fires! <laughs> He's still going to be excited. Well, that's of course. For sure. Yeah, of course. He'll sell it. Uh, coming up, the biggest game uh, for Week 7 in college football is Alabama against Georgia. And guess what? There's no bleck in the way. It's just an Alabama fan and a Georgia fan. No guests needed. Next. More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Georgia, Alabama to me. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Adam Abdallah, Jonathan with you. Chris Black is off today. We give you college football conversation, leading you into Notre Dame Fighting Irish football to take on Louisville. That's a 12.30 pregame, 1.30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. CCT is brought to you by Four Winds Casino. Make sure that you follow the show on Twitter, not just for this show, but all week long at ESPN 1000 CCT. Also watch the show on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. And there it was, Lee Corso putting on the elephant head to give his pick for Georgia, Alabama. They wheeled in a, a life-sized fake elephant to the front of his house. And he was standing on this like step, like the like the Arrested Development Bluth steps, as he walked up and put on the elephant head on top of an elephant. Yeah, well, it's over. Well, <laughs> if he if he made that pick, it's pretty much over. We'll keep you abreast of what's going on with our college football scoreboard starting at eleven thirty right here on ESPN one thousand. Well. Chris is not here to be the referee between us as Adam is a Alabama fan. I am a Georgia fan and we'll boil it down for you. Georgia is the number two team in the nation in total defense. Alabama has scored at least 35 points in 16 consecutive games. Notre Dame fighting Irish football is next. right? No, here, that's what? What? No, Ulti- come on. Ultimately, come on. ultimately that, come is, on. that is the preview. That's what you need to know, right? No, here's the football power index, right? Football power index. I'm going to give you credit. You're, you're actually first. In the football power index, as far as defense goes. You're first, okay? Alabama's first in offense. Yep. Alabama's 18th in defense. Yep. You guys are 30th in offense. Yep. But you know the, how the SEC rolls, and you know how Alabama rolls, right? Mm-hmm. You're third in special teams. Alabama's 24th in special teams. So that's how I, when I look for two teams that are so used to beating each other up like this, and I'm only going to say second and 26 once. Um, when they when, really you're, when you're used when you're used to playing each other as much as these teams have in the past, the small things like special teams might be the difference maker in this game. A long kick return, maybe a kick return for a touchdown, a blocked punt, a blo- you know a blocked extra uh, extra point, maybe a blocked field goal, something like that, something like that to separate. We saw it last week with Alabama. Lane Kiffin kicked the game away, kicked the game away. What do you've had Alabama on the ropes the entire game and you kick a field goal? Yeah, I know. Deserve to lose that game. Well, Look at Georgia on defense. 
the best team in the country. You can don't, you can say they're second. Use your eyes. They're the best team in the country mm-hmm. on defense. The, you said it to me before the show started. They're a great fifteen year, team fifteen years ago. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We're winning the national championship fifteen years ago. But you've got Zamir White, great running back. Kyrus Jackson, great wide receiver. Can give Alabama fits. You know you can throw on Alabama. You know you can. You saw last week. Get get in space in the middle of the field. Make those linebackers work. You can do it. I just don't think that Georgia can play the same kind of game that Ole Miss play. That's okay. not the kind of team that they are. Well, this is here's what it comes down to. And I hope that you watch this game tonight because it tells a story. First of all, you got to have NFL players all over the field tonight. That's one thing. Uh, the NFL caliber players on, on the field. But the other thing that you got to look at is the, is this. And if you watched Alabama's game against Ole Miss. Georgia doesn't run much up-tempo. They don't do, have the no-huddle and the hurry-up offense. It's very methodical. Alabama certainly does. They do that. But I think the reason why the game was even that close between Ole Miss and Alabama is that Kiffin's ability to go no-huddle frequently, and it kept the Alabama's defense off guard. Uh, the Rebels snapped the ball every 21 seconds during their 86 plays. That's actually brought up their average to 21.2 seconds for the season. Georgia's best counter is tempo and diligence. And that's the reason why 647 yards, 48 points, that's why that happened. That's why that happened is because, you know, Lane said, let's keep going, keep going. Don't let them change personnel. Keep Alabama on their heels. And that's why this game was close the way it was. And But Georgia doesn't do that. You know, you take, the, take it one possession at a time, and you just kind of matriculate the ball down the field. And so if you're a good football team, you're able to adjust. Georgia can't do that. And so my frustration has always been, as you well know, is that Georgia's defense has always been good enough to be able to get you to the Final Four. The offense, though, has to be more prolific, like Alabama, like Ole Miss, in order for you to seriously contend. I think we both think our teams are going to lose. I don't know why you think your team's going to lose because, because we I, don't. We, because you're not going to. Here's why: you're not going to lose a game twenty-seven, twenty-four. That's probably the best that Georgia could do. Don't no, let the Tennessee game fool you now. No, I understand. But when I see a team that in Georgia going against a team that's allowing four hundred and seventy-five yards a game, that's allowing one hundred and fifty yards on the ground. I know they allowed a ton of that against Ole Miss, but Georgia is allowing thirty-eight yards per game on the ground. You think Najee Harris is going to get going? You know, and hopefully, you yes. know, like we, we haven't talked about the the and pun one hundred percent intended. We have not talked about the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. Nick Saban is going to be on the sideline. Yes. So he tested positive on Wednesday, and then took. He's now taken three tests, two of which have come back negative. The results for the third one are coming in this afternoon. If that is negative, he is going to be on the sideline, and that makes to me. I know there's. There's two schools of thought with this. One, it has no effect on the game whatsoever because he doesn't call plays anymore. He is therefore, you know, he's like the, he's just like the overseer. He's there to be a calming presence, even though he's throwing his headset all over the place and screaming at everybody. He's there to be a calming presence on the sideline. I did not trust Steve Sarkeesian on that sideline as head coach because there's no one to go over to him and rip the playbook out of his hand and say, run the damn ball. Or stop throwing it 30 times. Or you're, this is screwing up. The best in-game adjuster in college football, because Urban Meyer's on a set, is going to be on the sideline, hopefully, for Alabama. And we all hope he's healthy. Like There's no, there's no rivalry in hoping a man is healthy and stuff like that. You right, know what I mean? Right. So if he's healthy and he's out there coaching, it's huge for Alabama because he's such a, a calming presence. 
that I think that it makes a huge difference whether or not he's going to be out there. Just for me as a fan, just because I don't trust Sarkeesian. And I don't trust anybody else on that defense to have to be that calming presence when you give up a big play, when you give up a, a big drive to Georgia. Because you guys are going to score. It's a matter of whether Alabama can score against the best defense in the country. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, let's take a look now at the head coaches. Nick Saban, we imagine that he will be on the sidelines. Just think about how COVID-19 works. Test positive and says, okay, let's continue to take tests and see that if it becomes negative. The last, the last test was negative. He's still waiting for the results today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he had two negatives. You have to take them 24 hours apart. They, ha- they have a uh, PC- PCH, I believe it is, yep. test that uh, can get the results in a few hours. So they gave him that one. And if the results come back negative this afternoon, he'll coach. But the last two were negative, so it's safe to assume that this one is going to be negative, meaning that the first one was a false positive. Here's Nick Saban on Georgia's defense. This is a very good defensive team. Uh, they're a veteran team. They have a lot of experience. Uh, they've got two really they play more than two um, inside players that are really, really hard to block and hold the point very well. Uh, they've got some edge rush guys. They got a very good secondary. Their linebackers are very fast and active. Uh, so this is uh, a really good defensive team. And I think they're the numbers and the statistics for three games really bear it out that they're one of the top defensive teams in the country. Um, they're very well coached. They have really good players. Um, you know, Kirby does a really good job with them, and uh, they, they, they play really, really well. And I think it's going to be really important for us to be able to create some balance uh, so that we can, you know, put them in some situations and not be behind the sticks all the time because that's when they, they play a lot of players. I mean, when they put their subs in on third down, there's like six, seven different guys come in. So they play a lot of different players. Um, they have a lot of depth, and um, they all play well. Um, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. So it's going to be important for us to do a great job of executing, run and pass. Uh, and we got to block them when we try to pass, too, because they got some pretty decent rushers. Nick Saban talking about uh, the Georgia defense. He's talking about guys like LeCount, Dean, Tyndall, Ojolari, as well as Walker and Rice. These guys do a really good job defensively for Georgia. Yeah, look, I think they're going to be able to stop Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. You saw Najee and Brian Robinson get a lot more touches after Najee Harris had his first career fumble uh, last week against Ole Miss. And, you know, he just didn't seem right for a lot of that game, Najee Harris. And so they brought in Brian Robinson, and he's another bruising running back that they have. But this is going to be about Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, John Mitchie, you know, Miller Forrestall tight end, getting separation from that uh, Georgia secondary. Are they, be, are they going to be able to win the matchups? Are they going to be able to win the 50-50 balls that Mac Jones throws up there? Ooh. Mac Jones. Ooh. Mac Jones. Yep. Uh, so I feel like if they can, then Alabama has a shot to win this game. But it's I know that you don't consider Georgia or Alabama a huge rival of Georgia. I do not. But I hate, given I, their— Florida, re- Florida's there, Auburn's there Of course, there me, of course. Yeah. Historically, yeah. yes. But given the recent history— it's become and Kirby Smart being there now. It's become more of a rivalry to me, just because these are the two best teams in the SEC. Like Auburn's still plucky, like they're there, but it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's everybody else. Yeah, but it becomes Bears Packers after a while. I mean, it does. Like like Georgia's not beaten Alabama since '07, September of '07, when it was an overtime victory, twenty six to twenty three. Since then, that was early Saban's first year, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But how many of those recent games when Kirby Smart has been there were close? 
How many of those games were Alabama winning at the end of the game or keeping Georgia out of the end zone in the last few seconds of those games? All these games have been close. Yeah, they've been razor thin except for October 2015, not like I remember, um, where Alabama (laughs) beat Georgia by a score of 38-10. to Some thoughts now from Kirby Smart, uh, the head coach for Georgia. Uh, his thoughts about how he's seen growth through the first three weeks. I feel like we're growing up on offense kind of before our eyes. It can be a painful growth process. I mean, it's it's one of those you, you go through some, some tough times with some, some pups. And, uh, I mean, I remember the last year Mel was here, I felt like we were going through that defensively. And it was, it was, it was easy for me to get impatient. And now, you know, we're reaping the rewards of a lot of those kids that were playing then, and they were young. The Tyson Campbell freshman year, Stokes and Richard, all those guys were young and got a little more experience now, and we're going through that a little bit on offense. And I'm watching the maturation process of that, and um, I, I'm not pleased with where we are, but I'm pleased with the progress we've made. Hey, man, needs a mic condom. Uh, the Dogs' uh, defense held Tennessee to 214 yards on the day, 3.4 yards per play. And what was more impressive, Adam, was that Tennessee finished the day with minus one yard rushing. I'm they they, you, they stifled the run. But it's Tennessee. They stifled the run, though. Stifled it. Look, this is, this is a, a, a good – look, Alabama's offensive lines are always good. They always have decent offensive lines. But it's just a matter of Sarkeesian sticking with the run and not – not turning this into a 45-attempt game from Mac Jones. You need Ooh. Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to establish the run with Robinson and with, Na- with Najee Harris and then use the play action where they've been effective. Get Waddle out there. Like, Waddle, Waddle's going to win the track meet. No right? question about it. Yeah. But can, they, can the offensive line keep that front seven at bay for enough for Mac Jones to get the ball to him because they've, is, they've had a lot of success. It is the, it is Georgia's defense's biggest test and also Mac Jones' biggest test. Mm-hmm. I thought Mac Jones was a transition to next year. Whew, he's did, he's did, getting Heisman votes, man. I'm telling you. Mac Jones wasn't supposed to be this he's got good. Be- he's got better stats than Trevor. I'm just saying he's got better stats. That says something, doesn't it? He's got better stats. I thought this was a transition year for, like, not 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 that Alabama couldn't win the national championship, but I didn't think that that guy would be good. It was, I was supposed to be the next guy. You thought it was A.J. McCarron coming back in. Yes. You thought. <laughs> yes, I did. I just thought, like, this was a guy that was just a transition to what's next. Well, because everybody was saying that Najee Harris should get Heisman consideration because they were just thought that this was just going to be handing off to Najee 30 times a game and just hoping for the best, yeah. right? Uh, but you did not you did not know. I, I didn't know this either, but he's performed very well. I mean, he's performed above expectations, I think. And then you just keep Bryce Young back for another year, and it's all good. I just wish that the Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett would uh, have enough a lot of attention for what he does offensively more so than his name. Yeah, I mean, but that's 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 the Georgia quarterback name right there. Will we see JT Daniels in this game? No. No? No, okay. we, we don't see that. So it, it's right. uh, more than likely. So Come it's, on, is there more of an SEC quarterback name than Stetson Bennett? The fourth. The fourth. No, you no. have to keep the fourth in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> is there more of an SEC name than seeing Bennett four on the back of a jersey? I don't know if you noticed it or not, but that's my son out there. <laughs> of course. And he's really good. Look at four out there. I can't wait for my grandson because he's going to be even better. Stints in the fifth. <laughs> fifth is going to be even great. So it's Adam. <laughs> It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough.
It's going to be tough. I know we I know we always do the playoff predictor. Can I, can we do the call-in segment tonight for playoff predictor at like 11 o'clock? <laughs> can we get playoff predictor at like 11 o'clock tonight? Oh, man. It's going to be a great one <laughs> for like sure. In like 12 hours from now, can we do that? <laughs> we're going to put some money in your pocket uh, momentarily right here on Chicago's College Tailgate brought to you by Four Winds Casino. Jonathan and Adam with you here as well. we go to break. We'll hear from Heather Dinich. She was on Get Up. If Alabama loses, how does the college football committee view it? It would absolutely be considered just like during a, quote, normal season when they take into consideration star players that aren't on the roster. But you have to remember who comprises the selection committee because their perspectives matter. Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland is on the committee, so he can bring the perspective of an administrator who currently has everything paused because of 21 positives at Florida. Then you have former players like Penn State's John Urschel and a coach like Ar- R.C. Slocum, who could bring the perspective of what it's like to play and go through a game without a head coach. All of those perspectives at the table will matter, but they will also pay attention to the game. Is Alabama's defense any better, with or without Nick Saban? It's one piece of the puzzle, but will certainly be considered. Is breaking news powered by Points Bet Sportsbook on Chicago's home for sports? ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. There's a state, there's a shake of the stick. We turn to Adam Abdallah. Adam, (laughs) Chicago's college tailgate here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Hood, Adam Abdallah, Chris Bleck has the night off. Uh, From Michael Cassegrand at AL.com, breaking news. Alabama's coach Nick Saban has been medically cleared to coach tonight's game. His third test came back negative. Nick Saban, dad, will be on the sideline. Will be on the sideline tonight for the biggest game of the year so far. Alabama, let's just call it Alabama Georgia one because we know we're going to get two or three of these. So Alabama Georgia (laughs) for Alabama Georgia one. Colin Wilson covers. Uh, the gambling aspect of everything around sports for the Action Network. You can follow Colin on Twitter at underscore Colin1, and he joins us here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app for Chicago's College Tailgate. Colin, it's Jonathan and Adam. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I feel like that Saban news has been known for an hour because that line went from four up to five and a half, and I <laughs> I feel like everybody's COVID test gets floated to the sharp gamblers before the rest of us get to know. <laughs> it's a it's a gambling house that's it's a, a testing house that's run by sharps is what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> how did that how does Vegas know about that before we do? Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, before we get to some of the main event big ticket items, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts about how we look at North Carolina. Adam and I before the show were talking about North Carolina, number five team in the country. Okay, it's a great story. And so we see them here as a two-touchdown favorite in front of us. How do you look at North Carolina, Florida State? Well, North Carolina had the advantage of Virginia Tech having 15 defensive players missing in all of their secondary last week. And I think, you know, I was a person that had big money on Virginia Tech. They were returning Hendon Hooker, their their quarterback, very accurate passer. Uh, But he only played in limited uh, uh, drives because he's still returning from COVID. Uh, you know, so North Carolina got the advantage of we didn't face Hendon Hooker and we went up against a secondary that was basically fielding a bunch of guys that didn't even know they were going to play. So North Carolina looked absolutely fantastic, but they gave up 
close to 50 points to a Virginia Tech offense, that's not very good. Now, I wanted to be on Florida State in this game, but their biggest wide receiver, Tamari and Terry, who busted a couple of long TD explosive passes for touchdowns against Notre Dame, he is out for this game. So I can't justify getting behind Florida State behind this, but that I mean, maybe that's the reason for the rise in the point spread. North Carolina's got to shore some things up. They finally got their offense going. Sam Howell's finally passing deep, but they got to shore some things up on defense. You mentioned Notre Dame. They played Florida State last week, and uh, they they looked okay, but they didn't they didn't cover, which all that matters to us. Uh, they play Louisville, which is down this year. They're one and three this year. Notre Dame's a sixteen and a half point favorite. The totals at sixty one and a half. How do you see this one with Notre Dame's defense not playing as well as people thought they might have this season? Yeah, seventeen of those twenty six points against Florida State came in the first quarter last week. I think Notre Dame flat out was sleeping. I thought they, I think they kind of had the idea they were just going to roll into this game and and uh, you know things would be easy. And after that first quarter, they kind of woke up and then took over, took control of the game. I think Notre Dame is one of the best defenses in the nation. They've proven it in the front seven against the rush. Uh, this is a game I hopped on immediately Sunday night when the lines were released. I immediately took Notre Dame minus fifteen. There's things at Action Network that we call havoc and finishing drives. Havoc is the ability to force fumbles, knock passes down. Finishing drives is how many points are you allowing past the 40. This is the biggest discrepancy on the board between these two teams. Louisville does not take care of the ball whatsoever. Notre Dame really takes the ball away from everybody. Louisville allows everybody to score. Notre Dame with Ian Book has been money past the 40-yard line for getting points on the board. Colin Wilson, senior writer for the Action Network, with Jonathan and Adam on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Colin, where is the greater value with Ole Miss and Arkansas? We, we saw Ole Miss in that track meet against, uh, against Alabama, Arkansas. We know they can score some. Where is the greater value in it? Is it in the over-under? Is it the line? How do you see this? Yeah, I think this is tough for me because Ole Miss is dealing with COVID. Uh, they won't say who. Uh, if they're dealing with COVID on the defensive side of the ball, it's really no change. If they're dealing with COVID with Matt Corral and wide receiver Elijah Moore, it's a completely different ball game. It's an under ball game if Lane's dealing with COVID issues on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll find out when we start to get to pregame warmups here. Uh, but for me, I'm taking Arkansas in this game. Uh, they are fired up to get their first home conference win in, in I think, four years. I, I, the stat that I put out there earlier this morning on my Twitter feed was, Arkansas has not won a home conference game since they beat Felipe Franks as a true freshman. Now think about that. Felipe Franks is now their starting quarterback. So right. uh, Arkansas has played good defense. Uh, they, they're, they're, their offense has gotten better every week since they started off with Georgia. Uh, the Ole Miss defense is an absolute dumpster fire. It doesn't matter if COVID hits them or not. I like the over in this game. I, I will warn everybody, like, my projection's like 63 and the number's at 75. But Ole Miss is in these games. They've averaged 93 points in these three games so far. So uh, maybe we just hit overs until we take money out of our pocket. Yeah. I think that's, I I think that. that's, I think that's I like really that. fair. Absolutely. Especially in the SEC and, this year. And to say something like a little bit, I know, I know I was doing my podcast on Action Network and and they said, well, how can you go against your numbers? How can you go against your numbers? I got news for everybody. Nobody in the world caught up with LSU last year. LSU posted numbers and took money out of Sharp's pocket the entire year because nobody mathematically could keep up with it. And I feel that's the case with Ole Miss's offense this year. So the biggest game of the night, Georgia and Alabama. Saban's worth a point and a half, apparently. Uh, to to some people, uh, so how do you see this game? Will we finally see an SEC football game where a total goes under? 
Yeah, that's a really good question because the total is too high. I mean, the, the total is higher than what it should be. Uh, it, it really, it's something that I line at about 49 and a half. That is what the, the first Vegas book, Circus Sports, to put out a total. They opened at 49 and a half, and that thing rocket shipped up to 56 uh, during the week. This morning, we're up to 58 and a half. And, and I think really the more you get into it is, is there really a problem on Alabama's defense? And for me, the answer is yes. Their numbers against passing success rate and passing explosiveness are ranking in the 60s right now. Now, you have to remember, only 76 teams have played. So, I mean, they're one of the worst in the nation at defending the pass. And I know Kirby Smart came out and said, we're not going to go up tempo. Tempo is Lane Kiffin's game. We're not tempo. Uh, You know, we need to stick to our fundamentals. We need to not be sloppy. But let's face reality. You want to beat this Alabama team? You have to attack them passing over the middle in between the hashes on the slants. Stetson Bennett, they, they're actually running, Georgia's running a lot faster tempo than they have in recent years. They're passing more on first downs and second downs. I think Kirby was being coy this week when his presser in Monday. I think they're absolutely going to go up tempo. I think they're going to attack the middle of the Alabama defense. Alabama, Saban being on the sideline benefits defensive coordinator Pete Goulding because he's been under fire for not having players in the correct position lined up, not getting communication down to the field. Saban's a huge help to that defense for Alabama. Uh, that's why I like Alabama to win this game flat out. But I'm taking the over here because I think Georgia is absolutely going to attack them through the air and in the middle of the field. Colin, lastly, and we appreciate your time, you've been on this show a ton over the years. Do you feel like Adam and I feel the profound sadness of not having a late-night creep, a Pac-12 after dark to go after when these games are over? <laughs> I mean, is it, well, we have, we're limited to 7 o'clock. And it's it's over at ten, right? And like, pretty much these games yeah. are over at ten. It's, aren't mm-hmm. you aren't you sad that you don't have the late night creep for Pac twelve? I have to tell you, it's not just the Pac twelve. My fiance and I, we we stay up late at night to watch Hawaii games, right? Because I mean, there's there's money involved. It's mm-hmm. two a.m. That Washington game had like two delays. Remember, and we were up till four o'clock in the morning. And, <laughs> right. and you know, for Action Network, I've got a writing deadline, like it, you know, by four o'clock in the morning. So I'm pushing these timelines, but. I'm going to enjoy my sleep tonight because if you look at the schedule next week, Mountain West comes back into play, and we have four games after, I think, 10 o'clock Central. So I would say for all the college football fan base, enjoy your sleep tonight because that's it. Until the end of December in the college football playoff, we're getting games past 10 p.m. It's kind of like being in Vegas, right, Colin? And then you realize the games are over, and it's like, oh, <laughs> the TVs go off. Yeah, but in Vegas, there yeah, it's ten I mean, o'clock, live, and you're like, "All right, now let's go out." Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I live in Oklahoma, so I'm Central Time Zone, just like you guys. And and you know, when you're in Vegas and and you're out there getting your college football on and, and your Sunday night football on, there's nothing to do after seven thirty. There's nothing to do after eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just the, it's the strangest thing. Wait, why did all the TVs turn to paid programming? Oh, that's sad. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on with us in Chicago. Thanks for having me, guys. It is uh, Colin Wilson, the senior writer for the Action Network. Yeah, it's the saddest thing. Like, you and I don't mind going to Vegas and and kicking it, right? But Mm -hmm. then, like, when all the games are over, it's nothing like, you know, that that 5 o'clock Pacific Cubs or Sox game. Oh, yeah. And then it's, it's over, and it's like... So, we, so now what do you want to do? That's why the beauty of the, the, the Pacific time zone, right, is that football, uh, a game, like a Sunday night game, you're done at 830. 
you still have the rest of your night. Yeah. You know, like uh, like one of these Friday, like Wisconsin and, and, and Illinois play next Friday night. Yeah. That game's going to be done at 8 o'clock West Coast time. Mm-hmm. You still go out. It's when you hit, it's when you start to get ready to go to the clubs. That's pretty much right. <laughs> I'm going to go up, um, meet you down at 9. Yeah. Be down here at I'm going to put my, my NFL bets in early because yeah. I don't have to wake up and stand in line for that BS. So yeah. we'll meet down there and then we'll go. I'll meet you at 9. All right, guys. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Oh, you guys! You see something? You got, oh, have a scoreboard right some, around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah, scoreboard yeah. right around the corner, uh, and still to come, we will spin the wheel, make the deal. ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's <laughs> college tailgate show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. The CCT scoreboard on ESPN One Thousand. Adam, Jonathan. Number one, Clemson up 14 to 7 right now. Georgia Tech tied it at 7, and then 18 seconds later, Clemson with the football, an 86 yard touchdown uh, from Trevor Lawrence. And then literally 20 seconds later, Georgia Tech fumbles the ball. Clemson now has the ball at the Georgia Tech 13, so they should score again soon. Number 13, Miami up 7 nothing on. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh driving at the Miami 40-yard line right now. Auburn, number 15 Auburn, up 9-0 over South Carolina with two minutes left in the first. Kentucky and Tennessee tied at nothing. Quarantano has already dropped his form of the football for Tennessee. Oh, that's good. Of course he has. Uh, With 13 minutes left in the second quarter, Navy up 7-6 on East Carolina. Texas State up 7-3 on South Alabama. Uh, South Florida. And Temple, Temple up 10-7 on South Florida with three minutes left in the first. Liberty and East Coast Media Elite Syracuse tied at seven. Thanks, Tyler. Planes are driving. Planes are driving. driving. 0-3 Kansas. 0-3 Kansas. Up 10-0 on 2-1 West Virginia with seven minutes left in the first. That's your CCT scoreboard. A very thin CCT scoreboard here. I gave on, you all the unranked games too. There's just nothing going no, on. I this know. Morning. I mean, very th- a lot of postponements. Up, because update: of Liberty just Liberty just scored 14-7 now over Syracuse with 30 seconds left in the first. Well, there it is. As we keep you company here, as we lead you into Notre Dame Fighting Irish football, as they take on Louisville, 12:30 pregame, 1:30 kick, right here on the home of the Irish, ESPN 1000. Now it's time for us to spin the wheel. And now it's time to spin the wheel on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. All right, it's time to spin the wheel right here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Do you have one of these Tailgate? really long, or does Eric, since he's asking the question, does he have one of those really long stick mics? Yeah, do you have the With Bob like, Barker oh, mic? Need, like a really real skinny. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you get one of those? <laughs> I don't have one, but I'd like one. Right. A little Bluetooth, I can walk around. Yeah. <laughs> That's just pretentious. <laughs> well, isn't that microphone pretentious in its No, own the right? long stick mic's yeah, I cool. I like about. it. Especially with social distancing, you can like... I guess. Yeah. We turn now to Eric and Tyler on the other side of the glasses. They, as we spin the wheel, certain storylines around COD football we keep you abreast of every week. So, Eric, what do you have? Let's spin the wheel. Let's see what we have. All right. All right. All right, so this one's relevant. So the big game tonight, Alabama-Georgia. Yep. Question is, will we get this Alabama-Georgia match three times this year? We will not. At most, we will have it twice. Wow. Um, And the reason why is because 
I believe that Georgia will fall short today. As a Georgia fan, you have to be a realist and realize that the Alabama team is top-heavy offensively where Georgia is not. I, I, I assume that Georgia will be there for the SEC title game because, you know, Florida, Florida does what Florida does with their head coach. We need to make sure we got 90,000 people swamp. Oh, I got COVID. Wait a minute. Yeah. So, Wait a minute. So, that, so there's that thing there. So I'd say it's twice. I think there's potential for three because, like you said, uh, we know our teams. I think Alabama loses today, and I think that they beat uh, Georgia in the SEC championship game. And then I think that the committee will put in a Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama and a Georgia. So there's potential based on seeding because this goes into seeding. If, if, if Ohio State only plays a certain amount of games, do they deserve at undefeated to be ranked above two one-loss teams? that have played a full slate of games and have only lost to themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. So it depends on seeding in the college football playoff, but there is potential for Alabama-Georgia 3. All right. That's how we see it. Uh, let's spin the wheel again see what we have here. That's a good topic. Let's see what it lands on here. All right. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Let's go to the polls. The AP poll filled with teams that haven't played right now. In your guys' eyes, who are the top 10 teams in college football? All right, Adam. You want to do this together, or do we have separate polls here? Tyler, let's, let's do this together, okay? Clemson is the number one team in the country. Agreed. Alabama's second. Agreed. Okay. For now. Georgia is third. For now. So that top three I'll agree with. Yes. Uh, North Carolina is fourth. Yes. They're, I think... Mm, mm. What? I think Notre Dame's still fourth. Based on what? Based on what I've seen from them. Yeah, what I've seen from them. I want to see until they play each other. Give me Notre Dame, North Carolina. Don't you want the Disney story of Mac Brown? Who? Don't you you want that? All right. Carolina's played a lot of close games, too. They have, yeah. So it's not real? I don't know. That five is not real? I think they're going to be one of those teams that's going to take a little bit to get the wheels going. And then once you get to, like, week eight, they'll they'll be cruising. I like Notre Dame four, North Carolina five. All right. All right, mm-hmm. okay, agree with that. Five, okay. Now the next five. Well, let's take mm-hmm. Ohio State out, Penn State out. Yes. Now it gets murky. What What if I gave you Oklahoma State over Florida? I would. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Oklahoma State over Florida. Tyler, I probably lean Florida slightly, but it is kind of a toss up in my eyes. I see two tens here. On my screen here. Maybe that's why it's so close. <laughs> on my AP poll here, I see two tens. I know that can't be right. No. I'll roll with you on Florida. A 2-1 and one Florida versus a 3-0 and oh Oklahoma State team. I'm putting undefeated Oklahoma State ahead of them. Florida hasn't been able to look awful last week, and that's why they dropped so much. So I'm going to put Oklahoma. Oklahoma State and then Florida. And then I might even put Texas A&M in front of Florida. I might put that because their only losses to Alabama this year. The best, One of the best teams in the country. So I'm gonna, I might put a Texas A&M above Florida at their current spot. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State, Texas, Florida. No, Texas wait, A&M, Florida. Texas A&M, yes, Florida. Texas A&M, Florida. Yes, watch yes, it yes. now. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Is that? Can we go with that, Tyler? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. So Texas A&M, Florida is uh, Florida eight. Mm-hmm. So now the last two. Now, how much respect do you have for the Cincinnati's, the Miami's of the world? I'll put Miami above Cincinnati and then go Cincinnati uh, 9-10. So I'll go Miami-Cincinnati. I don't think we dock people for losing to Clemson. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and everything now is murky with Cincinnati, the COVID stuff, the cancellations there. So, yeah, yeah. you got to go Miami over Cincinnati. 
Okay. I think, you know, we can come to a consensus on that. Um, any any thought on BYU? Or is that just a that second tier? That was fun tier? last night. Yeah. That was fun last night. Second, yeah. second tier? Yeah. 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 Give more, me a tier yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. Tier two for Mormon UCF. That's fine. Okay. All right. That's that's fair. Iowa State, second tier, three and one. Matt Campbell. Does that make sense? Iowa State, second tier. Uh, no? Third tier. You don't think, oh, you don't I'm, think they're very, you don't I'm think not, they're any good? I don't think they're not any good. I I just, uh, All right. I'm not sold yet. That, that's, a, that's a team that proves something in the Big 12. Other two teams can't stop anybody, Oklahoma and Texas, right? How about these coaches? You see the coaches poll? Coaches poll giving Ohio State two number one votes. Well, they haven't played a game yet. Get out of here with that. They haven't even played a game. The coaches poll is the worst. They only watch themselves and the team that they're facing the next week. Saban's not sitting at home at the end of the night and going through the the, the recap. It's Major League Baseball, Eric. It's Major League Baseball's uh, Cubs in first place, St. Louis in second place, playing three games. That's exactly it. Playing three games through like a 15-game yeah. schedule so far. Something like that. Early, I also early. love the, the group of coaches that votes in the coaches poll, too. It's all the just most mediocre schools. And then you get a couple of top-tier teams, but it's mostly the mediocre schools. Yeah, and they don't even do it. Their assistants do it. SMU third tier. All right, let's spin the wheel one more time. <laughs> That's strong, 4-0. 4-0. You got the shitty envelope back? What do you got, Eric? All right. So here on uh, Chicago's College Tailgate, mm-hmm. we love ourselves a tailgate. Yes. We do. So that leads me to the question, what do you guys think is the best environment in the SEC? Oh, I mm. would. Well, let me see. I've only been to one. Tennessee. I've only. Oh, I've been to two. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been to two. In South how, Carolina. Shows how much I remember. Um, I've been to I've been to Tennessee and I've been to Alabama. Yeah. And Alabama was something else. Tennessee was cool. Like Tennessee is a different. It's weird because everybody's doing the um, the boat tailgating, yes. but then also it's like parking garage tailgating yes. because there's not open parking garages to tailgate around it there's only a couple so there's this huge parking structure and people will get, get in the parking garage and tailgate in the garage it's weird and then or you you're you know you're in uh, knoxville and then you just walk it's not that far of a walk like everybody just does that drunk stumble yeah. but alabama is something else the one that i have not been to yet is Ole miss in the grove that's next i would like to do, do that i've only been to georgia that was oh seven Oh seven once. Mm-hmm. That's because we have family in Atlanta, in Atlanta proper, and I said, well, I'm going to make the drive. And it's like, well, I let them go and do what they want to do, yeah. and I want to go see a Georgia game. My, my whole thing is, what the whole thing would work, I would love to be able to go to more of these places. I'm, for, for me, it's just it's Athens, but I want to see more. And I think Ole Miss is right up on my – Ole Miss or Mississippi State, I'd like to go, see, go there. I'd like to go to South Carolina. As a Myrtle Beach guy, I should think I would have been there by now to yeah. Columbia, right? Alabama is something else, man. They're walking through that, that area, like they shut down the whole street for all the bars. It's nuts. Like, like it's just stereotypical college football stories. Like after the game, I went with Chris, and Chris Black and I are walking out of the game, and we go to a bar and with this huge line. And first of all, it's a $30 cover before the game. It's a $60 cover after the game. If you're under 21, it's still $30 to get into the bar. Yeah. So this little dude and this big dude, this is 
I'm kidding. This is maybe 30 minutes after the final whistle, after we, you know, shuffle out of Bryant Denny and walk through and we get to the bar and we wait in line and we get up there. 30 minutes. This dude, this little guy, this big guy's just standing there and the little guy's talking to the bouncer. They don't want to wait in line. And he goes, he's pounding on the big dude's chest like this. He goes, my boy just beat LSU and you're going to make us stand in line? You're going to make us stand in line and pay a cover? He just beat LSU. He's pounding on this dude's chest. And the, the big dude's just just not even moving. Didn't even look like he played. Probably didn't even play in the game. Right. He's probably like some fifth-string O-lineman or something. <laughs> right. Didn't even play in the game. And the bouncer goes over and does like a thing like this. And he's talking to the other guy. Talks to him. And then he goes, come on in. And they move the rope <laughs> and let him in. We're walking through the quad at one point before the game. This dude is with his parents. And he's like, hey, check this out. Check this out. Hey, dad. Grabs his friend. Starts choke holding his friend until he passes out and the guy's like what are you doing what are you doing and they both just get up and start laughing just because they're wasted drunk just just, it was so much fun it's just (laughs) it's ridiculous but it's very hospitable the southern charm down there oh yeah the southern charm the southern charm down there is amazing it sounds like it's amazing i love to hear more stories of adam amin and stacy king that sounds great all right. That's exactly what it was. Coming, <laughs> coming up next, we keep our eyes <laughs> on Jimbo Fisher and Mike Leach. They got a big game as well. Chicago's College Tailgate brought to you by Four Woods Casino. Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the all-new ESPN Chicago app. We'll have our Saturday night specials coming your way at 12 o'clock right here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Jonathan and Adam with you. Chris is off today. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT, not just for our show, but throughout the week. We're always giving you college football press conferences, retweets of stories, uh, shows throughout the country. So if you're a college football fan, it's right there for you at ESPN1000CCT. It's going to be a long one in Tennessee tonight. Yes, I'm sending that to Tyler from the cut-up. The seven-hour post-game because we're not very good they this just, year. They just might roll that right into Titans pregame. <laughs> just right into Titans pregame. So I hope they were scouting on Thursday night. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Get Uncle Peyton. Um, so you and I don't agree on Mississippi State. You're a Leech fan. I am not. I like Leech as, as a personality. But the idea that he comes in from the Pac-12, now with Mississippi State, uh, apparently he needs a bigger napkin as, as he lost to Kentucky 24-2. to Now here's a game here with them against Texas A&M. Some thoughts from Mike Leach on his quarterback Costello and the offensive struggles. Yeah, I think it's a huge part, and I also think uh, uh, being quicker to decide uh, <clears throat> you know, where Ooh, things go. And, but it all – it's not just KJ. It all – you know, everybody's uh, – efforts feed off on the other you know if we protect him better that's easier for him to do if we uh you know if we're running routes uh, extremely quickly affecting the coverage then that makes things easier to do you know we have to be faster at finishing routes and more determined to finish routes and do them with uh precision and you know on a typical play we'll go out there and three guys will do it and two won't well if those two don't affect the coverage in the fashion that needs to be affected, then, you know, there's problems for the other three. Like, I can like the personality, but not like what's happening here. The loss against Arkansas well, and and two points against Kentucky. Come on, bro. I think, I think it takes time. I think that, you know, look, would you like to see more points against Kentucky? Sure. But they've also turned the ball over in Tennessee four times in the first half. 
against Kentucky today. I get it. You know, so I think Leach had he got KJ Costello to come in there for this year, but with any college program, it takes time. None of these are his guys. Like I'm not making excuses for him. I I like Leach's concepts. I think that they will work eventually. I think that it's going to take him a year to get some recruits and some guys that he wants to run his system, and he needs to—he needs guys that can comprehend and learn his system. And if he doesn't have guys, like you said, if two guys are running the system and one of them's running the wrong play, then what are we supposed to do? That's great. So, that's, that's great in Mississippi, by the way. You got one guy's a gimmick, and the other one doesn't care. <laughs> I think I think Ole Miss cares. I think that. I'm talking about Lane. I know. I th- he doesn't I think, care. I think Kiffin cares. I think he just cares about one game every year, and it's going to be against Alabama. That's the only game he's going to get up for. Get off of Twitter and start coaching the team. How about I that? I know. Why, don't you, why don't you find some defensive concepts, Lane? That How flies that? at FAU, but not here. I mean, I, I, I just, I just don't because after Texas A&M for Mississippi State, it's Alabama. That's a loss for them. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt is a win. Auburn is interesting. Georgia is a loss. Leach and Malzahn in the same game oh. is just. That's that's college football porn. Ole Miss and Mississippi State on the 28th of November is a toss-up. That'll be interesting, if nothing else, and maybe a win against Mizzou. Maybe. I just I, you're right. It, it might take some time. I am just not been knocked out after the win against LSU, which is really they could pin that win up there for any recruit and be like, hey, we beat LSU, the guy, the team that was the national champions, mm-hmm. even though it's not the same team. Point is, though, you can build on that. But he's got to turn this thing around. Maybe it happens this afternoon. Look, he's got to he's as long as he turns into what he did for Washington State. Just be a good cover. Just be a good cover every week. Be, right. be a good cover every week. No, I'm serious. Like, what did he win? At, what did he win at Washington State? Nothing. Just be a good cover. Be 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 a fun coach and be a good cover. That's all I want. I'm not a Mississippi State fan. Just you're not going to win anything. He's not going to win anything with the with the pedigree of coaches and the teams there. He's not coming there to win anything. You know, he's, he's, what is he there for? That he's not there. He's to win there anything. to be competitive. Well, you got to do better than that. How long is it going to take for Mississippi State to be in the national championship conversation? Come on. When Saban's retired. All right then. And when Georgia. Well, what happens when Dabo comes in? Oh no no no! Dabo's taking an NFL job. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you hear that? Did, did you hear that two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. And I'm still laughing. Taking, I'm still laughing he's, he's that that's Houston, a better job. He's taking a Houston job. Yeah, I've seen what happened. What happened in Atlanta? I see people calling all week for Nagy's job. No one. Dabo doesn't want that life. Time now for our Saturday night special. It's time to put money in your pocket. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? It's the Saturday Night Special. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winner, and I know the winner. It's time to put money in your pocket. It's the Saturday Night Special on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. All right, place your bet. Saturday Night Specials on Chicago's College Tailgate, brought to you by Four Winds Casino on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We'll have Notre Dame fighting Irish football for you to take on Louisville. That will be a 12.30 pregame, 1.30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. A programming, programming reminder, next Saturday we'll be on at 11 a.m. 11 to 1 will be our show uh, next Saturday. Yeah, tons of Big, big Ten football will oh. uh, we'll keep you abreast of it all. As it's going on, we'll recap Illinois and uh, Wisconsin. Oh, oh, Big Ten football, I knew you'd come. Here we are. 
they're back. Now we're going to be back. You want some early lines? <laughs> yeah, I, will, I will ask you. I will ask you about that. Do you have it in front of you? I do. I do. So uh, Illinois is a 23-and-a-half-point dog to Wisconsin. Out of the box. To open the season. I take. I like Illinois. That's not the most surprising one. Uh, oh, wait a minute. No, wait. No, 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 hold me to it. Hang on a second. Just the first blunt with the pin. Just first blunt with the Hang on, Eric. Don't, don't put me down. For, hang on. Um, wait a minute. Ohio State is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite against Nebraska. What did you say? Ohio State is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite against Nebraska. Yep, yep that's... Uh, Penn State, a 7-and-a-half-point favorite against Indiana. Yep. Iowa, a 3-and-a-half-point favorite against Perdont. Uh, yep, that's right. And this is, this, 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 this is surprising. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to go over in Ann Arbor, but Michigan is a one-and-a-half-point dog to Minnesota. That's the end of the year if they lose to row your boat. Woo! I'm just telling you right now. The end. The end. You can't. It's not the Ohio State game. It's that game. You oh, can't yeah, lose to them. You can't lose to Minnesota in that big, that big fat knot. The fat tie knot <laughs> of a you, P.J. I thought Fleck. You, I thought you were talking about me. No, no. The tie knot is fat on <laughs> P.J. Fleck. He's got a big tie knot. I thought, thought you were going to say I'm the big fat knot no. around your career. <laughs> Nonetheless, the... Uh, <laughs> You're right, buddy. I'm just, I'm just riding coattails, man. That's what <laughs> yeah, I'm here yeah. to do. So, I'm just, <laughs> I, 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 find it, I find it interesting. That that line's very interesting. Yeah. What am I? Okay. Well, I'll. You know what? That's the research we got to do all week. Well, because to me, I jump all over Michigan, right? But no, I need to read up on it a little bit more. See, I had this all locked in, like in July. Yeah. The knowledge was locked in in July through the Phil Steele book, and then they messed up the schedule, and so now I don't know where to go. When you have opt outs and you have yeah. all that kind of stuff, I gotta, and, I yeah. re- mm-hmm. you have to re-research again. Yeah. Like, why would Michigan be a, a dog on the road? Well, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Well, here's our Saturday night specials. Here, um, Adam, I'll go first. How about this one? You'll be proud of me. Louisville, Notre Dame. Whoa. How about that? Whoa. I, you, you know, usually I'll give you a nice little uh, non-Power 5 little ditty. Your tip? Uh, yeah, well, no, not. Well, that, you know what? I was going there. And Georgia that, Southern Massachusetts? Well, that, that was postponed. I got a line. The UTEP. Oh, yeah, UTEP was postponed. Yeah, so yeah I was yeah, going yeah. there first, but, yeah. you know, I was going to go there. But, no, how about, a, how about Louisville, Notre Dame? Whoa. Well, Louisville has uh, lost three straight against the spread and straight up since it's Season opening 35-21 to 21 win against Western Kentucky. Louisville is 5-1 against the spread in non-conference games under Scott Satterfield. Notre Dame has uh, won the most recent meeting, 35-17, to 17, in what was each team's 2019 season opener. However, the Fighting Irish failed to cover as 19.5-point favorites. Interesting. I have, have it here as uh, 17, a uh, 17-point spread for Notre Dame. Go the other way. I love Louisville. Plus Ooh, 17, lock wow, it up. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in the SEC. You didn't see that coming. I'm going to start in the SEC. Uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss. Oh. Uh, I saw everything from Ole Miss that I need to see. I think there's. I think they might still be out of breath from that game. I mean, you you talk about a letdown situation after almost beating Alabama, and then your coach kicks away the game by kicking a field goal when you need touchdowns to win games. Yeah. And so I feel like that Ole Miss team is going to be let down. I feel like that Lane Kiffin himself is going to be a little hungover after that game. Oh. Um, and I, I, I like Arkansas plus one and a half against Ole Miss. I think Arkansas wins that game. Lock, lock it up. Arkansas plus one and a half. Plus one and a half. Now, do you have Chris's picks? Hey, guys. 
I don't. I can't do a Chris voice. I was gonna try to do like a uh, like a like a USC like surfer type. Yeah. Hey, bros. So surfs up. Uh, yeah. So just waiting on uh, you know hashtag fire Helton. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah. So whatever. You know. So yeah, uh, you so. know whatever. Uh, tea time coming up later this afternoon. Uh, give me uh, give me uh, North Carolina minus thirteen and a half. I think they win by two touchdowns. That's easy. So North Carolina, what minus thirteen and a half. Oh, all right. He usually Florida State. You should have his research, too. You know he's very well researched. He just sent me the picks. He just sent me the picks, and one of them I'm waiting on because one of the games already kicked off, so he's probably drunk. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. One of the games already kicked off. We can have a discussion of whether we want we allow that pick because he did send it to me Thursday night. Oh, I see. To be fair, he didn't record them for us because he's like, I'm going to record them Thursday night before I'm driving, and I'm like, dude, the line's going to change. So he did... Send me these picks Thursday night. So if we want to give him one of them, even though the game already kicked off, we okay. can or not. We'll decide. No. Okay. Uh, Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M against Mississippi State. Texas A&M is 11-4 against the spread as a favorite versus unranked opponents under Jimbo Fisher. Adam? The over is a, is eleven and five when Mike Leach is an underdog, and the total is below fifty five. Although the over is just six and five against ranked opponents in those spots, the under is twenty two and eleven and one when Fisher is a road favorite, including fifteen and six when the total is below fifty five. Do you know that Mississippi State? Do you know Mississippi State has failed to cover in five straight games in October? Hmm. He's looking at you, 24-2. to two. <laughs> Nice job there against Kentucky. You know, I'm not going to mess with the number. What Do you have the number in front of you for this game, for the Aggies and the Bulldogs? Mm, that's, a three o'clock, that's a 3 o'clock start. I'm, gonna, I'm not messing with that. Okay. But I do like the over 54 in this game. Give me mm, the over okay. in the Aggies-Bulldogs game. Lock it up. I'm going to go to Duke and NC State. This total right now is 59. And uh, SP Plus has this game in the low 60s. NC State has a top 15 offense. We know that Duke is hot garbage. Duke is a four-point dog, but I'm not touching that. I'm sticking with the spread. Points, points, points. Nobody wins or loses when you're betting the over-under except for your wallet. And so I like the over 59 in Duke-NC State. Lock it up. Hey, guys, so, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Everything's, hey, guys. Hey, guys, whatever, you know. <laughs> He's going to kill you. Hashtag, uh, you know, Fire Halton, you know, seven wins Sark. <laughs> seven wins Sark. <laughs> uh, I'll take Texas A&M minus five. So I took a class at Columbia. It was, <laughs> it was on The Simpsons. It's unbelievable. All right. We turn now to... <laughs> <laughs> we turn now to Arkansas gets Ole Miss. Do you realize there were like 10 episodes where they predicted death? It's unbelievable. <laughs> no coffee up here. So anyway, so so, so the, uh, the offense is still just okay. Just okay. It's not okay. You know, when I look at the Rebels uh, with Ole Miss in Arkansas, when I see the Rebels, they are last in the SEC in total defense. I think you told me that earlier. Mm-hmm. SEC, last in total defense, scoring defense, run defense, third down stops, on and on and on. When you take a look at that, it's amazing how bad Lane's team is in a lot of different categories. Of course, he's new to the job. Alabama punted the ball away in the first quarter, and it lost a fumble, and that was it. 
The Rebel defense could not stop the tide on a touchdown drive after touchdown drive. Arkansas does not have that type of talent, but there is enough to keep up the pace. I have Arkansas Ole Miss at 77 as a over-under. Do you see that at 77? I saw that yes. early this morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I like the <clears throat> under. Oh, it's a lot of points. I'm just rolling the dice on the under 77 for Ole Miss and Arkansas. Lock it up. All right, so I'm trying to pull this up here uh, real quick. Need help? Real quick. No, no, no. So I look at last week's games, right? Yeah. In the SEC, 63-48 Alabama Ole Miss. Yeah. 44-21 Georgia-Tennessee. 41-38 Texas A&M Florida. 30-28 Auburn Arkansas. 41-7. Okay, South Carolina played a little defense. Kentucky played a little defense. How about LSU-Missouri, 45-41, right? Yeah. Can we get a damn SEC football game? Can we get one of those? Sure. Can I get can I get 14-10? Yeah, I love 14-10. Can I get an amen on 14-10? Amen, brother. Give me Alabama Georgia under 58 and a half. Lock it up. <coughs> SEC football. You really love Georgia's defense. I do. They're the best in the country. They haven't played Alabama yet. We'll see. Nonetheless. We'll see. Okay, so what this does Chris is do? So Chris gave us a game that already happened. And it's, it's, it's covering comfortably, and we can decide as a show, as a unit, because I texted him. I go, hey, one of your games already kicked off. And he said? And he hasn't responded yet. Drunk. <laughs> Drunk with a floppy hair. So he gave me Clemson first half minus 14 and a half. Well, we, that, we can't put that on the... To be fair, he gave this to me, and I can look at the time here. He sent this on Thursday evening, late Thursday evening. But he had to know that it's an 11 o'clock kick. We can't. One would think. He knows that the Saturday Night Specials is a half hour before <laughs> the pregame for Notre Dame and whomever. He sent this at like 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Drunk. Maybe. Little Tito's. Okay, well. I think it's an L. Like, well, what good like, is he doing for our listeners right now? He's not putting money in their call pocket. Him. Call him. Should we pick call for him. him? Call him. Call him. He's not going to answer. He might. He's not going to answer. What's he doing? I think we know what he's doing. Okay. <laughs> Lock that up. Well, Let's I mean, we can, pick a, we can pick a game for him. No. What do you want to pick for him? No, because then he'll be upset because... Missouri State and Central Arkansas? He won't like that. Let's give him Central Arkansas minus the seven and a hook. Chris won't like that. Lock it up. How about Virginia Tech minus 13 against Boston College? Lock it up. Mark- I didn't give you a side. Just lock it up. Marshall <laughs> Marshall minus 14 against Louisiana Tech. Lock, lock that up. one up, too. Just give them all these locks. Give them, give them all these. Middle Tennessee State at 4 o'clock will take on North Texas. No, how about this? How about this? How about the under in, t- in North Texas, Middle Tennessee State? He's got to sit through this all week. Give him Illinois plus 23 and a half against Wisconsin on Friday He didn't night. answer, did he? He didn't answer? Come on. I knew he wasn't going to answer. Didn't get picked up, no. Yeah, oh, so- so what's this picks? North Carolina minus 13 and a half, and what else? Texas A&M minus 5, and Clemson minus 14 and a half. We go to Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000. What do they say? Ghost Rider 312 said, that counts, that come on, don't, that counts, then come on, don't be shady. Because he sent it in on Thursday night. I get it, but what is that? I mean, we're off the air at 1230. I can't bet it. I can't go back in time. That's the only thing. Like, we can give him credit for it, but it's like... 
He's not going to pick up the phone. Keep trying. We got we got ten minutes. Keep trying. We got ten minutes. Blow that phone up. It's not a telethon. Blow that phone up. I'll call Autumn. No. Or Whitney. Which one is it? It's it's Autumn. Uh, I I know the difference. And uh, (laughs) how was that? My partner does not. All right. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. ESPN 1000 and the we ESPN don't go out there, we Chicago play the game. We're going to let the game come to us. We're going to play some defense. Immerse yourself in the world of college football. Now, back to more. ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. 1000. Notre Dame will take on Louisville. That will be a 12.30 pregame, 1.30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. We feel have a little soft spot for Mac Brown. Mac Brown, the head coach for uh, North Carolina. You know, this guy's retired, working for ESPN, now back on to coaching, and he's got a nice team so far this season. Notre Dame, as we take a look at uh, North Carolina, they take on Florida State. Some thoughts here from Mac Brown and his assessment of Florida State for this evening's tilt. Mike Norvell was a high school coach in, in Dallas um, when I was at Texas, and he, he was a superstar at Tulsa. And then uh, he was the hot young offensive coordinator at Arizona State for Todd Graham. Took the job at Memphis, and I had a lot of his games uh, for my three years. And uh, I could tell he was going to be a superstar as a head coach. He was a guy that I had on my list as hiring as a coordinator uh, when, when I uh, was at Texas and if it ever came open. And then same thing when it, it, uh, he got to be a head coach. And I thought as I was looking around, this guy, is, uh, he's, he's one of the next great young coaches that's out there. So I'm not su- surprised that Florida State uh, uh, jumped all over him, and, and uh, he will do a super job there. Uh, there. You can tell they're already headed in that direction. Uh, they got a very tough – uh, early schedule to have to play Miami and uh, Notre Dame on the road. Uh, most of us would have lost those two games. So um, that they're, uh, they're getting better. They're the most talented team we've played to this point. They're huge and can run on defense. Uh, Marvin Wilson's the number one draft pick as a defensive tackle. He's six, five, 305 pounds and can run. Uh, Gainer is all over the place as a, a linebacker and, all I have to do is say the name of a, a great corner, and that's Asante Samuel Jr. because Senior was a, a tremendous player. And they brought in uh, Jordan Travis the other day in the Notre Dame game, and he's, he's played really, really well at quarterback. And uh, we always know that Florida State's got some of the best skill in the country. That's there for Mac Brown. There's a soft spot you have for Mac Brown, right? Oh, absolutely. I think he's one of the better guys in college football, whether it's coach or whether it's analyst or whether it's just – people in football that you root for it's Mac Brown and when he got the job in North Carolina it was like oh well what's what's this old dude going back like he had this cush job on the on the sideline calling games with Adam Amin and now yeah. he wants to get back into into coaching and I think he's taken this North Carolina program and and you know turned them around and you know they have a chance to do something here I mean their toughest game this season are, is going to be at the end of the season they get Notre Dame and Miami back to back yeah there's a chance that if they, you know, get off to a good start here, they're 3-0 right now, so if they keep this rolling, they could be undefeated and they could go to that championship game against Clemson. They have the luxury game. They have the luxury of not facing Clemson in their schedule, right? Yeah. 
So because of that, they could, if they beat Notre Dame, if they beat Miami, they could be in the ACC championship game. And I don't think they're going to beat Clemson, but just to get to that mark this quickly, like if they get past Miami, if they get past Notre Dame, and they say, look, we are second best in the ACC, get out of here, Notre Dame, get out of here, Miami. Sure. Why not? I mean, that's great for him. That's it's a, great. It's a great story. And he's a great, look, you tell me you don't want to play for Mac Brown. He comes in and sits in your living room. He's right. a great recruiter. And I think it's awesome that, he, that he's doing well. I'm rooting for him. I think we're all rooting for him. But it'd be, I would love to see them, you know, beat, beat just for the story, to beat Notre Dame, to beat Miami, and then just get into that ACC championship game. And then just to see, because you know how I feel about Dabo, just to feel, see, yeah. just to see yeah. Mac against Dabo would be great. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan and Adam with you. Chris is off today. Um, so two weeks in a row, I'm going to hit you with this. Albert Breer, once again, NFL <laughs> analyst, does a great job for Sports Illustrated with uh, David Kaplan and I every Tuesday at uh, 8 o'clock. So I asked him, I said, Get, let's go into your phone. What do you have? What information do you have? And he pulls out Matt Campbell. I said, ooh, something for the college show. Matt Campbell, the head coach for Iowa State, a top prospect for the NFL. I can tell you already with a couple of the teams, and you know, we know who they are now, a couple of teams who have gotten rid of their coaches. Some of the feelers, the early feelers have gone out. And I think you know, people have sort of seen what's happened with Rule and maybe are a little more curious about what's happening at the college level. And I could tell you one coach who's sort of being a recipient of some of those fields, and you'll hear the same names, so like, you know, Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley and Ohio State's Ryan Day. Those guys are going to get called every year. Iowa State's Matt Campbell is an interesting name. They beat Oklahoma. They beat TCU the last couple of weeks. He's somebody who's been on the NFL's radar for the last couple of years. I think he's somebody to kind of keep an eye on when we get to, to, to January and the coaching carousel gets spinning again. So there you are. Once again, another hot college coach, just like Matt Rule, who we'll see on the sidelines for Carolina as they take on the Bears on Sunday. I think it's a, I think it's a good name. I think it's different than Dabo going to Houston because Dabo rules that area. Sure. You know, Matt Campbell, it's a good program. He's turned that place around a little bit. But ultimately, is the, again, is the grass greener? Are you just taking a job to be fired in five years? Or can you build something at Iowa State and be there for the long term and then eventually move on to a better college job where you're there for when you're then there for a while? Like, do you want is it better for you to stay there and then get a better college job where you can run that place? Or is it better for you to go to the NFL and get fired in four or five years? We thank you for listening to Chicago's College Tailgate here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to Eric as well as Tyler on the other side of the glass and Colin Wilson was a great guest for us. Stay tuned now for Notre Dame fighting Irish football. Uh, Yeah, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Next week. Uh, Good luck. Right here on the home of the Irish, ESPN 1000. Talk to you next week. Until then, so long for now.